This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Just like that, the second hour is here, Friday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, getting you ready for your football weekend. Happy week two across college football. We saw the kickoff of the NFL season last night. The Lions went to Arrowhead and got it done, 21-20 over the Kansas City Chiefs, ruining the celebrations as they raised the banner, flag, whatever they ended up doing. Patrick Mahomes said he didn't know, didn't come out for you. He was in the locker room, said that post game, and now he's pissed off because he hates losing. He says he's embarrassed by losses, and he wants another Super Bowl, not worried about last year's title and last year's Super Bowl ring. Uh, coming up, Kelly in Vegas will join us later this hour. We have Pick Your Poison and much more, and Gun Show will join us in our number three in about an hour from right now. Looking forward to Mike Gunzelman from Outkick.com joining us here in studio. Sixth and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, the Lions do something that it's very hard to pull off. Winning in Kansas City and against Patrick Mahomes when you have to be aggressive. Even in a low-scoring game, Detroit, extremely aggressive, and they just didn't screw it up. Meanwhile, KC dropped passes, uh, allowed rushing yards. They uh, allowed great accuracy on Goff's part, but also a lot of passes that went right by defensive backs that could have easily been knocked away. And they end up losing their 0-1 to begin the season. Detroit gets that jump start, and they validate some of the offseason talk that has happened. They do it against a roster that didn't have Travis Kelsey and a roster that didn't have Chris Jones. Is there an asterisk next to this, next to this victory for Detroit the way Mike Tirico laid it out last night? With all due respect to Mike Tirico, who's one of the best in the business and very good at what he does, there is absolutely no asterisk next to this win for the Detroit Lions. Why? Because no one believed they were winning even when they knew those two guys weren't playing. This is still a huge moment for that franchise. Let's not try to steal the glory from that moment and what they accomplished right as the clock hits zero and mentioning that there's an asterisk next to it because of who did not play in the game. You mentioned Mahomes angry after the game, disappointed. Mahomes has that dog in him. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, watch quarterback series, and you see it right away. That guy has it in every possible way. And no one believed the guy possessing it – who was Pat Mahomes, was going to lose at home in the season opener to the Detroit Lions, even after those guys were out. When it was announced that Tra Travis Kelsey was going to sit, every single bit of analysis I saw said, smart move, smart move to sit him in this game, get him healthy, keep him ready. It wasn't a lot of, well, Kelsey's out. That means the Lions are definitely going to win now because they're so good. No one was really believing the Lions. Sure, everyone believes that they're better and that they should do better things this year. And certainly the city of Detroit and the surrounding areas believe it because they've got a waiting list for season tickets for the first time in their franchise's history. So, yeah, they believe. But really, did the rest of us believe? No. We thought Pat Mahomes was going to be Pat Mahomes. Someone was going to step up. I didn't think Kadarius Toney 
wasn't going to be able to catch a cold or COVID in this game. But I thought someone would do something, and I thought it would be Mahomes with someone else, and the Chiefs would win. That's what I bet. That's what I thought would happen. So I'm not going to downplay it because they were without Kelsey and Chris Jones and act like it's some special exception win for the Lions. That win was special, period. There's no exception to it. That's a big-time win to go into that environment when they're celebrating a Super Bowl win the year before, Thursday night football, in front of that audience, and to see the Lions do it. I mentioned Pat Mahomes has that dog in him. Dan Campbell has that dog in him also. Yeah. And you're starting to see that now with this franchise. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Lions fan. And there's not been a lot of exciting moments in this franchise's history in the last 30 years. They've got one of them now. Um, Just looking ahead to the Lions schedule, three of their next four are at home in Detroit. Next week against the Seahawks in week two, followed by a home matchup against Atlanta. They'll go on the road to Green Bay, back home against Carolina. So they have a schedule now based on this win that they can follow up with and continue to be the big talk, the big story of the NFL. Long road ahead, but a nice start. Uh, Because at the end of the year, no one's going to look back and be like, oh, 21-20. It's just going to be a win. And that's what Detroit needed last year. They needed one more, even though they kept Green Bay from getting that one more and shipping Rodgers to uh, New York against uh, for the Jets against the the Packers. And now they start Jordan Love. Uh, Without Christian Watson, by the way, on the road in Chicago, Uh, Watson's already been ruled out. Romeo Dobbs is questionable. Uh, with a hamstring injury, he was limited in practice. Depth chart an issue for the, for the Packers there. Yeah, it just didn't feel like last night when they won by one point. It didn't feel like, man, these Chiefs almost overcame two of their best players out and almost beat a good Lions team. It felt like an enormous moment for the Lions and a launch pad into the season. And here's what I know about Dan Campbell also. He will utilize this talk of, oh, you only won because those two guys were out the rest of the way. That's going to be used as motivation with this team when people start talking about that, Mike Tirico included, when he's saying that right when the game ends. So coaches use every bit of motivation they can muster, perceived or real or whatever it is. They're going to use it. I think Dan Campbell's going to use it. But what I saw was a really good Lions roster and some really good throws from Jared Goff mixed in at clutch moments of that game to get the job done. Chad, the – the weekend ahead, I'm curious, and I hope that we, we have some of the same data that we're looking at from week one in, in college football. Some timing adjustments, we've seen that in Major League Baseball. That's been a big hit, pardon the pun. And we saw timing adjustments in college football that I'm curious if the game is actually shortened. The, the play on the field has been. Plays are down, or supposed to be on average, based on crunching the numbers in the offseason on what they felt like that by stopping the, not stopping the clock after a first down uh, would do, for instance. About, what, 15 or 16 plays, roughly, is what they're expecting the, the plays, the number of plays to be down at the end of the game. Yep. Um, but there is a viewer to Florida State LSU and posted this on Reddit, uh, the, the fact that the game itself actually hasn't been reduced by all that much if you're a viewer, if you're a fan. They're just adding in more ads to the broadcast. Um, And he timed this with two different stopwatches and posted this on Reddit. By the way, it's it's pitiful-bumblebee775. But he's very accurate here. 
Game kicked off at 7.45. One of my favorite follows. Ended at 11.08 p.m. So the game was three hours and 23 minutes long. Uh, keep in mind, the NFL wants their games on average between 3.05 and three hours and seven minutes. That's the sweet spot for the networks. That allows CBS to get 60 minutes to start at 7 o'clock Eastern, get that full hour in. They like that. Uh, game presentation time, right about two hours and 27 minutes of the 3.23. Ad time. 131 ads for 55 minutes and 48 seconds. Clocks, he starts the clock the moment of kickoff. Once the traditional commercials end, I stop the ad clock. So all of the bumpers where the show comes back for break saying, tonight's game brought to you by, that does not count uh, as an ad. He's saying that's game presentation. Um, So the ads were more than what he tallied, if you want to count those. He said uh, things like, you know, the game tracker or mentioning trivia or anything, that's also not counted as ad time. This was done with this writer, this viewer, having two phones, both with the clock apps open. It wasn't exact, but it's within a few seconds. The ads shown on the score bug or on the sidelines, not counted either. Conclusion, pretty awful. There's an entire hour of just nothing happening. That's why I don't think I'm going to attend any games in person this year. It's beyond ridiculous. This would have easily topped an hour had Florida State not pulled away and teams were driving using their timeouts. That's also key here in the amount of time that is being used for ads. So the networks are getting more ad time. And I think the push in the offseason with these rules changes were to reduce the time from a viewer perspective and a fan perspective in the stadium to make it more pleasing to the audience, to make it more appealing to those that are trying to view the average product. Not that you're going to watch your team. But the, the casual fan that's just interested in a college football game on a Saturday night on the West Coast, this isn't doing that. It's the same amount of time, roughly. And again, this is one game. I'm going to follow this as much as I can over week two. This is one game, but generally speaking, there should be some reference to it working. And I don't think it's all that different in terms of time spent trying to get to the final clock hitting triple zero. Everything has always been done to tailor to the television audience. That's where the NFL for forever and probably still does has the advantage over college football is it's the perfect television product. It fits neatly into that exact window of time they want almost every time mm-hmm. in the NFL. And by the way, that they're going to want that now, especially with the Big Ten media rights deal. Spread across the networks. You've got the PM broadcast on. They want their local affiliates to be able to get their local news in and not be pointing back to network running them over by 34 minutes. Yeah, and what we've lost sight of here, though, is the NFL, they get a lot of money in ad revenue, Yeah, but it's the, it's the perfect TV product. So what college did was the illusion of we're going to make the game move quicker and it's going to be better on TV. But their definition of better on TV is more ad space, that people want to watch more ads and more breaks in the action. And Hutton, you were at a game over the weekend that was obviously televised. I was at a game that was televised. The breaks when you're at a college football game are endless, it feels like. There are times when I'm just staring at the field at both teams, lined up, ready to go, just standing there for what seems like five minutes. I know it's not, but that's how long it feels when you're waiting on action and you're at a game and you want to see more plays right. and you want to see your team play, 
that's the part that's disappointing in all this. And you've seen Lane Kiffin voices displeasure with it. Chip Kelly, during the ESPN broadcast of his game against Coastal Carolina, makes a like, crack at the halftime interview saying, hope you guys are getting enough ads in tonight because that first half really went quick in terms of just actual play. I, I, don't, I don't like it. If you're going to do something that improves the speed of the game and the overall experience, I'm, I'm open to hearing those things. This isn't one of them. This was a Trojan horse disguised as this is better for the viewer, and what it really is is more ad time. Well, and that, that bothers me. I, and I want, to pre- I want to include this. The NFL gets their ad time in. It's not like they, they, they make sure with the red hat on the sideline that you're getting those three breaks per quarter plus the two-minute break. Uh, you've got the two-minute warning the second half. And you've got the flex break as well, which is that 30-second network break that they're, thro- they're showing and coming back very fast in between a possession. Point being, where the NFL reduces the time is on the 12-minute halftime. That's where they reach the 305 to 307. And I think whenever we get to the NFL model of what the Big Ten is doing or the billion-dollar type contracts that we're seeing with the SEC, the hundred sixty to $100 million per, per team per season, the next step, while they've added space, it seems, in college football where they've kept the revenue the same as far as ads for the networks, I think the next step is to reduce, half, reduce halftime. And I think we'll see that even though I think the push was, hey, we're going to make this more appealing to fans and we're not going to crap on the, the pageantry of what college football halftimes are. That's coming. I don't know how soon. It, it's as soon as the networks want it to. And it, I think it's probably as fast as next season or the year after whenever the networks come back and say, yeah, we can't have three hours and 42-minute broadcast. We're over our time allotted, and we're running over into a first quarter of a doubleheader, or we're running into night programming that we have scheduled up against other things that we want to make sure we hit in full, not just joined in progress. And I'm curious what's going to happen when these rights fees inevitably go down eventually, especially reading Clay's piece yesterday. If if you buy that the cable bundle is going away and you've got cord cutting going on, which leads to more people buying streamers and paying for that, when ESPN goes to -to direct-to-consumer, will there be less commercials during that because they're getting $60 a month out of people at some point? in time or $50 a month or whatever it is. I don't think less. All of those things moving forward, I'm curious to see how they play it out. I don't think less commercials because I think as far as the live audience is concerned, I think the majority of people are more willing to sit through commercial breaks for live sports. And live sports are specific, the SEC Big Ten, and of course the NFL. So I I doubt the networks are going to give back time yeah, my, uh, even though they may not want to pay as much based on the subscriber rate and how we're viewing the game. They're not going to want to do that. My, my point would be I wonder if the leagues themselves, because they're now going to start making less probably in the next contracts in some of these, maybe not the NFL, but almost everyone else, I wonder if they try to take back their games a little bit more and say, well, with less, you're also not going to get as much ad time. Well, but and they, we're going to speed the games up a little more. Maybe speed it up, or the they take back ad time and use it for their own revenue purposes. Yeah. Because be. advertisers, if you're Could marketing, split. you don't want the skip ahead. You know, you don't want to be able to watch for five seconds and hit skip ad. And you don't have to worry about that in the live sports realm, in that pocket, that yeah. window, 
where you're sitting through the commercial break to watch your team in prime time on any of the major networks. That's, that's what they have to their benefit. Well, I, I like watching football. Yeah. I, I've never once in my life said, you know what, I want less football viewing on the weekend and less games. Isn't it about... I, I just think it, it negatively affects those that attend games more than anything uh, else. No, it's just, it's no, just tough there. I totally agree. And it, it's, it's already to a point where if, if you're going to an NFL game or college game for that matter, it's pretty much your entire day. Yeah. If you're going to a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Sunday, you're using your entire day yeah, and it's, either it's to never, tailgate, but by the time you get out of traffic and get home, it's, it's, it's time a long to get day, ready but for your week. It's never been about the day to me. It's been about that now it's getting more about I'm annoyed being in the stadium because I have to stop and start and stop and start so much, and the breaks are so long. And, it, and what, That's what, bothers what makes me. it even more annoying is the teams are on the field ready to go. Yeah. And then there's this long wait and pause even after that. Coming up, we pick our poison. The NFL owner, there aren't good options, it doesn't seem like. Davey Hudson's got some, though. The NFL owner, we would want, we would choose to take us to a Super Bowl. That's next on Hot Mike. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location for the Outkick Studio. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, the home of Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, how's the chat on YouTube today? It's great. Popping off, that I chat is. Barely see your, yeah, it's, it's scrolling through. Typing away during the break there. Oh, yeah. There, I've always got something. To, it, it's <laughs> difficult it, while chatting in the show. Yeah. There are times where I have to be sort of brief, and I think that some oh, of our across. people in the chat like think that I'm really going at them true. and I'm not trying to. This is true. Uh, at one point during our, what, 13-year run or whatever it's been now, uh, Chad had to watch his tone in emails. Remember this? Yeah, I got formally uh, written up at one point because my tone was poor. In an email. In an email. And I... And I, it, it comes... Like, I, I tried to back you on this. I'm like, it, it's dependent on, like, you reading the email a certain way, too. Like, someone... Yeah, well, what's weird is I think tone is typically perceived as being poor when someone's very short with you. Yeah. Right? It, we know people in text <laughs> that are always really short... Or people that are on email are very short. That's where I feel like this person just doesn't want to talk to me or seems a little snippy if they're being short with you. I'm very wordy in my emails a lot of times, and I'll say a lot of things, and it was uh, taken very poorly by a former boss. And I, I got a former a formal write-up so, that like they wanted me to acknowledge that my tone was poor in email. So I think my response to that was every time I was like an opening paragraph, yeah. there well, was a prologue well, to my email that said, the prologue, I want though, this email to be received in the spirit in which I'm writing it, which is with zero attitude. My tone is good. There is no bad vibes coming in this email. Here are the questions that I have. Then I have to go into the email after that. And then what we did, and we have a lot of inside references, but we'll tell you one. Peace and love. Peace and love. Ringo Starr on Stern. 
would use this is peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. And so we would, and love. we would preface anything that was going to come across as negative. With as, peace and hey, love. With peace and love. And then you hit send. And people just found out you in the building. Off with that. They knew Chad's tone at that point. If you opened with, with peace and love and then closed with peace and love, Chad Withrow, people knew that I wasn't trying to go after them. But I, also, when you get formally written up for tone... It just made me really want to go back and get my money's worth. I'm thinking, well, yeah. if I gave you the tone I really wanted in the email, yeah. it would have come across more like this. What would, have, what would the write-up have looked like if I said this, what I was thinking in the email, instead of the tone that it so came you, across? So you may with. have to just say that in the chat. Peace and love. That's the new reference for Chad's tone there. Yeah. I get told this by my wife all the time, that my <laughs> tone is bad. And even in coaching, she'll say things like, you, you know, you, you don't understand. You don't see you when you get mad, and you might scare the girls that you're coaching when you get mad. I'm thinking, I have not had one girl say that they're scared of me and what I'm saying. And every time I do get frustrated, I try to close with something positive yeah. and encouraging. As even I'm getting on to them, I encourage them in the end of it. But look, this is why we need outside people to take a look at us, to listen to Chad. us, to read our emails and tell us if our tone is good or bad. Because I clearly can't see myself. There's a blind spot as many parents that we that all have are for begging ourselves. to be a part of your team. I doubt that that's an issue. Well, we got you know our league is getting coaches kicked out of the league. <laughs> that's, coaches that's my point. written up. I've I've got texts or calls from different friends that coach you know different teams that are having issues, and I'm thinking I've not had big time knock on wood. No issue. Only I've not had one. Just scared Matt right there. Either that or woke him up <laughs> when I did that. I'll do that again. Every time we need to wake Matt up over there, we'll do yeah. this. I haven't had one problem with a parent. There's not been one parent coming to me with an issue. There's not been one problem with, hey, my kid doesn't like playing a sport because of you. There's always that first. So You always remember your first. Chad's looking for that. Teams play me and they lose their coach because of their (laughs) poor tone. It's not me losing my team. Uh, Certainly. uh, But we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots for ourselves. I'm open to any and all criticism. We're not looking to lose uh, with our bets coming up this week, and Kelly in Vegas will help us with that coming up in about 15 minutes. Right now, uh, time for Pick Your Poison. Here's Davey Hudson. Yeah, Chad, you actually made the reference just there about uh, you haven't lost your team yet. Well, there's a couple of MLB owners that I wanted to throw at you that you would want to have to lead your franchise. Uh Now, obviously, it's a Pick Your Poison, so you're not getting good options either way you want to look at it. Okay. First on the list, we're going to go with the Angelos family. I know Peter Angelos, technically the owner, but his son, John Angelos, the one that everyone knows, is just putting everyone in that organization through the ringer. Nobody likes him, but John Angelos with Baltimore, your first option. John Fisher, the Oakland A's, soon-to-be Vegas A's owner, and Art Marino with the, the Angels out in L.A. So, of these three guys, which one, and again, new franchise, but they're leading your organization who are you going with this is such a horrid well list of options so you know, really nailed this pick your poison to this though because there's not a good answer here do i get the market with the owner i think you're just saying just we we pick our own market the, well this I, is for any team right I, I will add for this so whichever city is the next expansion city okay you get to pick them okay chad you want to start yeah, I, I'm just looking at this as just blanket. Like, this this person has to own my favorite baseball team in any market. Fair. So, market doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I, I am no, hell no, to the Angelos family. I'm, I'm marking them out right now. They are dead last, in my opinion. I think it comes down to John Fisher with the A's, which sounds crazy, or Artie Marino with the Angels. 
I lean Moreno because at least he was able to sign Shohei Otani and employ Mike Trout and have some decent talent, and he spent some money to, to get those guys. Um, the, some of the decision-making hasn't worked out, you know, inept in a lot of areas. My, my one caveat, though, with Fisher Hutton would be that he just tanked his team because he wanted to get out of Oakland. Like, is he actually and a Oakland decent didn't owner? Help him. The city didn't help. No, they didn't help. But would he be a good owner in different circumstances if he wanted to be in the city he was at and had a nice ballpark set up? I don't know. So, so I, it's hard for me to judge on that one. So I'm, I'm leaning Artie Moreno, but it's it's close. And they're I, all bad. All these options all are awful. bad. They're all awful. Absolutely not with Angelos. Good. We we, we agree not. that they're last. I'm, I'm the I'm the O's fan here. No, yeah. no. Um. I'm leaning, and I, I came into this this question, Davey. John Fisher's my answer. And it's based on the fact that Major League Baseball just gave him Las Vegas. There, it, Every owner, for the most part, the, the, the majority of Major League Baseball owners, NFL owners, NBA owners, it's going to LeBron, by the way, they would crawl to get in that market. And that's exactly what Major League Baseball is giving Fisher. So I like the pull that he has. Of the three, I'm going there, even though technically it's a, the L.A. quote-unquote market with the Angels. Uh, there's a reason why Stan Kroenke, again, Stan Kroenke it, it built the NFL Network Studios whenever he built that stadium uh, and got help to do it at SoFi. There are things that the ownership has to do, and Major League Baseball chose John Fisher as their answer to the Vegas franchise. I would lean that way. Again, it's, it's an awful pick of the three, but I'm, I think it's the best of terrible options. Just for, the, just yeah, for that reason. I, it's a great question. I, I, I like, I like the, the answer. It's just like he does have pull. Somebody at least likes him enough to let him you know, make that move. I, I, and I'm, it's not like I like the way he's treated A's fans by any means. Um, but... I, I, I like the fact Given that... Given a different circumstance, here, here's it's, the I, thing. it's the unknown with him, right? He, I, he may be okay. You can't go there and just not spend. You can't go to Vegas and just be the same. That, that just... To me, there's some type of assurance well, that, is, that is not going to happen. I, if I wanted to push back against that, I mean, we look at the Davis family, there's concerns that they can't fire their coach because they don't have enough money. Right, but that's because they spent money. Uh, and they're paying... They're paying Adams. They just paid Jimmy G. They're still paying. Uh, they're, they're trying not well, it's to. Very, very different, though, NFL and baseball. They put John Gruden as there's a salary the marketing. NFL. He was the face of the, the Raiders' move to Vegas. They did a huge show for it um, with the building of the stadium. And, again, like Davis w wants to spend. He may not be able to. He wants to spend. And, you know, he, he's, he pays $100 for that bowl cut. The guy will spend money. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you know, just well, speaking of the NFL and owners, uh, our next question, which NFL owner do you want or an NFL owner to win you a Super Bowl? And you got two options, Jim Irsay, Jerry Jones. They're not in their current situation. So, again, it's a, we're starting a new franchise, and you got to take one, Jerry or Jim, to get you a Dad, Super this Bowl. This is easy for me. I'm going Jerry Jones. Uh, a, he's done it more times than Jim Irsay has, uh, winning winning Super Bowls, plural. Um, he's going to go all out. I, I think Jim Irsay is just a little bit crazy too. So that that I 
deduct points for that. I will add points, though, to Ursay that I think that he will leave a good personnel guy alone, right? We saw it for years when they were in their high, high point there when, when he had the right guy. I, I, but I'm, I'm going to go with Jerry Jones. And this is just a new franchise, Davey? This yes. Is, yeah. um, just starting from scratch, it would be Jerry Jones. Because whenever he purchased the Dallas Cowboys, he put every penny he had Turned it around quick. into that. Jim Ursay inherited the Indianapolis Colts. So that's the answer. And it's because we've seen Jerry Jones build it. And we saw Ursay inherit it. Now, Jim Ursay has hired a Hall of Fame general manager in Polian, a Hall of Fame coach in Dungey, a Hall, and they've they've drafted and paid a Hall of Fame quarterback in Peyton Manning. So that also goes in his Give favor. Give me that set up, and I like him. That as an goes owner. in his favor. Uh, Jerry owns Jerry World at AT and T Stadium, and that to me, he owns the. He's got a 99-year lease on that property. But it's all about who – the question is, who would who will you take to yes, win you a Super and, Bowl? And the but reasoning not just behind the, business. the question is because we've seen – And I still go Jerry Jones. Jerry yeah. come out recently and just micromanage his team where it's like, I'm making this trade. I'm not going to talk to my coach or my GM. Well, he kind of is the GM, but I'm not going to talk to my guys before I do this. Whereas we've seen Jim turn it over even though he is right. wacky. And I know it's not been great lately. but Well, we've also seen recently Ursay uh, – bring his star player and his best offensive player into his RV and piss him off to the point where he never wants to play for the organization again. But Jerry, I, I, I don't like the fact that Jerry Jones doesn't have a general manager and it's him, but he, I mean, they've been 12 and five the last two years. I mean, he's drafted. If you look at their rosters, they're, they're pretty good. I, I don't think he's not good at hiring coaches. When was their last Super Bowl? See, this is a little different it's, for me. Cause I don't think they've won a Super. They Cowboys, haven't, not since the nineties. Th- I don't think they've won one in my lifetime. So that's that, that's kind of why I guess the Titans Oilers have never won one. Well, I know that, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, there are plenty. That that's the Detroit Lions. Uh, what was the one you threw out the other day? JFK's only missed one playoff win for the Detroit Lions. If you franchise, want something so. done in the league, you he go to Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft. Those are the two people you go to uh, to sway votes with the other owners. He did. He did form a dynasty at one point. It's been a I while. Mean, been I mean, while. to your, to your I, point, Dave, be it's, been, it's been thirty years since he built that uh, that dynasty, but he did do it. How, is Jerry living forever? Like, I, I, like for the last five years, I've, I've said he's not getting any younger. I, I'm surprised he hasn't been more aggressive with the, the coaching staff. He had tons of patience with Garrett. Yeah. And now patience with McCarthy where they, they fire the OC, but not McCarthy. I, I, I do stand corrected. They won it in 95, so I was one at the time. So that was the last one for the Cowboys. Guys, our, our last question, uh, not sports-related at all, but – just one of those. I mean, it's it's pretty rough, but you have to send an inappropriate. You accidentally send an inappropriate pick. Would you rather go to your parents or your boss? My parents. Um, tougher to come. Your parents are always going to accept you back. Which parent? That's a good good point. Family I, group chat. Yeah. Well, family <laughs> group chat would include a lot. I've got like twenty four. My my family group chat's blowing up right now. It's like twenty four people on it. Um, I, I I would say parents. Why? Because your parents will always take you back. You can't repair that moment with the boss if it's yeah. truly inappropriate. The text, well, and we all know what we're talking about. No, here. no doubt. Uh, I mean, we don't have to say it. If we're sending it to Clay, I mean, yeah. At the at the time, whenever we joined Outkick, we sent it to Clay. I wouldn't be too worried. No, Clay would probably would respond with one as well. You know, he'd be like, hey, uh, write, let's write a column about this. Yeah. 
Um, there's a great moment in the show Succession where this happens, where the a kid sends it to both his dad and his boss because it's the same I, person. I agree. By the way, I in, say, in a meeting, I say parents as well, even though I would be horrified, uh, and I think my parents would disown me, quite frankly. No, they wouldn't. Over that, they love you, Hudden. I'll love them too. Never happened, but I would be terrified. I, I don't think uh, Tom and Debbie would. Oh, Chad. It would be bad because oh, they, they, there's a whole uh, generational gap, too, of not understanding the technology yeah, they, involved yeah. in that. It's they may a not be able thing. to open it properly. Well, th- but that and also, like, they just wouldn't understand like, what, what, who does this? What is going on here? Like, what, what is happening? <laughs> All of that. Would, it, I'd have to explain the whole thing, and then I wouldn't want to explain it. I'd just say, oh, I was hacked. <laughs> That's how I'd probably end it. Somebody hacked my phone. Davey, what would you answer with? Uh... I've never done the picture thing. I will be honest. This question came because I accidentally sent an inappropriate message to my dad one time that was supposed to go to a group chat of just my friends when, like, we were 19. Yeah. And so, like, having to just backtrack from that and be like, hey, obviously this was not intended to you. Uh, so kind of covering, which I'm not able to repeat the message on the air, but uh, it's one of those things where it's like. Tell us during the break. Yeah. I want to hear what the prob- message was now. Probably just prob- my parents. It's Very dark. Like, yeah. It's like I'm not accepting a check from them anymore, you know. Coming up, uh, no inappropriate messages will be sent to Kelly in Vegas. Just winners, straight winners this weekend for us and you. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, joins us next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Chad, I feel like uh, at this exact time last week, we came back from a commercial break and said, uh, man, it's time to win. Time to win again. Yeah, we're saying it again here at Six and the Peabody with Ehab Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the, the only one who network. won though was not us. It's uh, someone that's about to join us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I really won much you, last weekend. You can win with points bet if you haven't taken your shot with points bet. It's the perfect moment to do so. Big reason why exclusively for the uh, first time points bet users, you can grab this offer. Place an initial bet of fifty dollars or more on any game. Maybe some games we're going to pitch to Kelly in Vegas in a moment and receive an official jersey from Fanatics.com. Jerseys, if they're not your thing, you can opt for $150 in credit to Fanatics and load up on the gear that you truly want. Remember, terms and conditions apply 21 and over and in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you're ready to get in the game, head over to outkick.com bet. Outkick.com bet right now is where you can snag this offer from PointsBet and discover more incredible deals from our partner Sportsbooks, our partner here with some great advice. Kelly in Vegas joins us right now, host of Bet On It. Kelly, uh, congrats on last weekend for you, and you gave us good advice that we did follow, and it allowed me to break even. Yeah, I barely broke even. I ended up five and four on the weekend. We lived to bet another week. Not, not the greatest, had some nice numbers, and, uh, you know, sometimes the games don't get played the way I'd like them to be. It is what it is. Let's see if we can't find some winners this week. Okay, so uh, Chad and I believe we have some winners. We're going to give you our top bet of the week, and uh, if you don't mind, pick one that you like, uh, or 
you like more than the we two all you know hate. Which one she'll hate? And crush we'll, the we'll other. Go ahead and, do it. And, and play the place the bet with us if you if you so choose. I I, I want to. I love the week one matchup for the Atlanta Falcons laying the three and a half against Carolina. DJ Chark is out. Adam Thielen is questionable. Please, no reaction, Kelly, until Bryce you hear Young, mine, too. Well, I want to be completely surprised when you pick your bet. Bryce Young makes his NFL debut on the road. The Atlanta Falcons, as long as Ritter can be Ryan Tannehill of 2018-2019 with Arthur Smith, they're going to run the football behind a solid offensive line. And oh, by the way, uh, over the last 20 years, 14 quarterbacks have been drafted number one overall. They are 0-13-1 straight up, 1-13 against the spread in their first career start. I'm laying three and a half. Chad, you have the floor. So I, I've known this for years, and friends that really know the game have told me this for years. You do not go into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and come out of there with a win <laughs> very easily. And that is on the campus of East Carolina University. Look, the wrong team is favored in this game. We'll get into oh. that a little bit later also. East Carolina is a home dog to Marshall. Two-and-a-half-point underdog. Kelly, I know nothing about either one of these teams. I know that East Carolina got housed in the big house by Michigan. But here's what I know about ECU. They play tough at home. I saw it a year ago. I watched a, a full game they played at home last year. Have not seen this, team's, uh, this year's team play yet, but I know it's a tough place to win. I'm going East Carolina on the money line at home as a slight underdog. Listen, I love me some home dogs, okay? And what we saw last week in Michigan was just disgusting. J.J. McCarthy threw all over this defense. The problem is I would love to just completely expose everything Hutton said because what we know is NFL divisional dogs week one absolutely crush 64-44-2 against Not the this spread. One. Mm. I understand. Listen, I am not rushing to take the Panthers by any means. I don't think I can lay it here uh, with Arthur Smith's group. I think they're getting a lot of hype to start the season. But Chad, Chad, I think you picked a square home dog there. Uh, Marshall on the road since 2019, 14 and five against the spread. So I guess uh, if I have to pick, I will uh, tail Hutton and the Falcons. I am. I'm shocked, for one. Actually, I'm not shocked at all. I, why why did you her. take Vanderbilt? I would have well, enjoyed it on Vanderbilt. Too. Well, I would have. I, 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 I may <laughs> do something with that l later. I, uh, I, I'm with you on that one, Kelly. I, I think there's something there. Kelly of Vegas joins us, host of Bet On It. You can follow her on social. She just hates ECU. Very simple. That's what it really is. And, long, all no, this e anti-ECU bias. Top five college bar. I love ECU. One I've never been friends, to ECU. Uh, I've got a buddy who went there, and it, he says it is like the party school of America. Yes, absolutely. Highly recommend it. It's almost like up there with Morgantown. How many party schools of America are there? There's you a bunch. only hear about the parties, not the non-party schools. There's a bunch. I heard uh, someone on our YouTube chat said Tulane is the best party school in America. Ooh, we talked to Tulane well, on this. Well, in New early. Orleans, yeah. yeah, that would make that would just just from geographical location alone, you've got to get Tulane in the top twenty-five. You love Morgantown. I've I've seen you comment on this a lot on your your various shows. That's a place I really want to go. I've never been. I don't think I've ever been in the state of West Virginia. At all. And I don't live that far away. So I, do, should I go to Morgantown and why? You know, we got to get Morgantown back uh, 
back rocking and rolling. I yeah. haven't been for a few years because, unfortunately, their football team hasn't been any good. Uh, obviously, with Bob Huggins' departure on the basketball side of things, they might not be very good this year either. I got to do some basketball research. But yes, I think we should ask Clay if we can just borrow the bus and we just take a, like a family road trip to Morgantown. The, uh, get the bus towed uh, yeah. up to Morgantown? We'll just tow it there. As and then long we'll, as we'll we're arrive. not driving, it'll be fine. Well, if Clay's there, we won't be. But if he's not there, we will be uh, driving. Uh, we'll fly somewhere and then drive two and a half hours. Uh, Good call. Uh, a long flight for Oregon as they take on Texas Tech. What do you make of this matchup uh, for the former uh, quarterback against the former Auburn quarterback? So we didn't talk about Wyoming and why I took them plus two touchdowns last week. They weren't supposed to win the game outright, you guys. <laughs> that was not part of the plan. We gave I've you a Texas... shout-out, by the way. By the way, Texas Tech <sighs> is my Big 12 champion this year, and yeah, uh, they lost too. their first game at Wyoming. That was not part of the plan. They were up 17-0. What happened? It was absolute abomination. Lost in double overtime, unfortunately. But I do think that that means we're getting some good value here in an overreaction spot, right? I know we just gave uh, Morgantown quite the hype, but if you guys ever been to Lubbock, Texas in prime time, uh, I think it's going to be rocking. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central time. It's going to be a great time now, long, now that they're no longer a dry county. But I think this is too many points here for the Red Raiders. They actually have the offensive firepower here to keep up with the Ducks. This one looks like a last score to win. I'll take uh, almost a touchdown here with the home team. So Colin Warner in studio here, our, our resident Notre Dame fan. I walk in cool. and I, I tell everyone, I said, I need some winners this weekend. And he said, if you want a winner, go big on Notre Dame covering against NC State. Now he's a huge Notre Dame homer. Kelly, but are you going to give us some advice as to why we should not roll with Notre Dame minus seven and a half at NC State this weekend? There's a lot of narratives here, right? I think the, the there's been a lot of hype surrounding this Notre Dame team, and it kind of all resides with Hartman, right? And Hartman played in the ACC at Wake. So NC State has seen him the past three seasons, just six touchdowns and six interceptions. I think Dor Dave Doreen's squad kind of played it a little light versus UConn. You know, we didn't see very much offensively, and I but I do believe that was by design. Look, you got three straight winners, outright winners as home underdogs, with the Wolfpack over the past two seasons. I think they might get another one again here. Unfortunately, I will say this. I never like when the line moves against me, but last week we had two lines move with us and it didn't matter. So maybe it's a, you know, one of those kind of things where the, the sharp market likes Notre Dame and we're alone on an island with the Wolfpack. We're going to play these games individually. And Kelly, the first three uh, matchups that you'll give us each week will also play as a parlay. Uh, the odds are 38 to 1 on the parlay. We need one more game. We're going Texas Tech with the points, NC State with the points, and Rice. Why Rice against Houston? Oh, God. This is so gross. Uh, this was tough. I looked at <laughs> Temple, I looked at SDSU. I tried to find another dog, but I settled on this Rice team. If you remember this game last year, and of course nobody does. What happened? Rice squandered away a fourth quarter lead late. They fumbled for a go-ahead touchdown. And you know that defense still has this one in the back of their mind. Uh, JT Daniels, third FBS school he's played for. This is going to be kind of tough, right? But last week, the Cougars got a win. Did they get some help? Yeah, of course. 
UTSA not only outgained them, but they gave them three turnovers here. I'm taking Rice with the more experienced quarterback, the better defense. I think plus nine is a little too high. I think there's a, an upset possibly brewing in Houston. Unfortunately, we're not getting a home field advantage here because these schools are not even five miles apart. But if you take all three of these on the money line, guys, Rice, NC State, and Texas Tech pays 38-1. to 1. There was actually something to lose last week in week one for Rutgers uh, and Greg Schiano. That did not happen. They don't feel the pressure of losing to Northwestern. What do you make of the matchup against Temple? I'm betting against them again, you guys. I took it. <laughs> I took Northwestern. You know, sometimes as gamblers, we're like a glutton for punishment, yeah. uh, for lack of better words. And, and that's unfortunate. Uh, sometimes you you just got to take your L's, but I do think I was right about this Rutgers team. I was just wrong about Northwestern. Temple last week, big scare, didn't cover against Akron, but Rutgers being a sizable favorite once again here is just downright disrespectful. The Owls have been good on the road, 12-7-1 in their first road openers to start the season. I expect this one to be a coin flip type game. Had a shot to get Temple here on the money line. I ended up not firing on them. But this, there is no way this line should be over six. So we're getting immense value here with the Owls. So I'm, I'm wearing the burnt orange today. Um, and let's go rapid fire here as we wrap up uh, because we got a couple more I want to ask you about. But are you even playing the Bama-Texas matchup based on what is it, four and a half right now? More than that. It's seven. Right it's now. seven. Seven, seven. sorry. So Kevin's a, seven is a big key number. In college football, obviously a touchdown was seven and a half. At seven and a half, I made a case for Texas. At seven, I think this looks like a seven-point game, unfortunately. I think we could see a shootout. I was not impressed with Texas last week, as we just talked about Rice. I thought defensively, uh, Rice was able to stifle them at several points in time. Bama, we're going to see what they're made of this year. You know, there's been a couple of down years in Tuscaloosa. So you like the, uh, on last Saturday, I I placed a wager. I I took Texas plus seven and a half when I saw it open. You you like that. So I'm sticking with this. I'm not going to cash out uh, with a dollar less than whatever. Uh, In the NFL, is there a game that you're absolutely telling us to play? Oh boy. Everybody is going to hate me for this one. I like the Colts. I'm going to take the plus five. I'm going to roll wow. the dice on trigger man, Anthony Richardson. What are we going to see from him? Well, you're going to see exactly what we saw in Florida. He's going to be the next Jameis Winston. Is he going to throw a pick six? Is he going to throw a touchdown pass? Who knows, but we're going to have a lot of fun watching him. I can tell you that we know he's athletic. Uh, we know no JT and that's, what's going to be kind of interesting here, right? It's already built into the line. I think a lot of people are starting to overreact. But more importantly, I will give the Jags the nod. Last year, they definitely impressed me, but I think we're giving them a little too much hype here in a divisional matchup. I got to say the Colts might win this one at home and everybody might just lose their minds, but this is a field goal game. So at five, we've got a nice couple of point cushion here. It's always surprises in week one, the NFL. It's about finding those surprises. So Kelly may have found one there. That would I, certainly surprise me, given all accounts of I Anthony would, Richardson so far. I would be very surprised, yes. Uh, I'm taking every under, by the way. Yeah, there you go. 50% of the teams last year in week one scored 20 points or less. Take the under. It even hit last night with two offenses that score uh, a lot of I points. I lost playing the over last night, so definitely take the under. Oh, Chad, that does not surprise me. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want We're to winning. take a Chiefs under either. But yes, Hutton, you are correct. Divisional unders especially. Okay. Great bets in week one. Kelly in Vegas. It's very simple to follow her on social. Just follow at Kelly in Vegas. Host of Bet On It. 
Thank you as always. Thanks for the winners. Hey, thanks, guys. Good luck this weekend. Same for you. I'll get the last laugh when ECU wins. Enjoy watching uh, we'll Texas talk about Tech next instead week. of Bama and Texas. Uh, Stay with, safe from well, that thunderstorm, like too. Or whatever's going on down there in South Florida. Yeah. She's got, like, the Bloomberg uh, panel in yeah. front of her. Like, she's a, a day trader of all the games. Nonstop. She's, yeah. Well, she probably has TVs for – she probably has the same game on multiple TVs because of the setup there. Yeah. Very simple. Uh, coming up, we got guns. Gun show is waiting guns at the door or in. something. Yeah, uh, we, Mike Gunzelman joins us. We have uh, our dumpster fire of the week. Three excellent answers uh, that we bring to the table. Uh, we have, let's see, our perfect bets plus great previews. Big game in Tuscaloosa. We have Texas and Bama. Tell you who's winning and why. It's all straight ahead. Final hour, Friday edition. Hot Mike with Edna Withrow across the Outkick Network.